Hello, everybody. This is day one. We are in the closing of day one of the Activating Your Conscious Evolution panel. Welcome to all the people joining us now. We're live on at least three different, uh, we're live in three YouTubes and multiple Facebook pages. And we've just had an amazing day with um, a lot of awareness that was shared on different tools and techniques to activate our conscious evolution. What we can utilize as we move forward in these times to really stay centered and empowered and no matter what the outside external world really looks like so that we can create this world that we know is possible, a world of unity, restructuring systems so that we can create inner peace for ourselves, each other and harmony on the entire planet. So that is what the intent of this event is. And this is day one. We're gonna be going live again tomorrow for day two of the panel. And I'm gonna go ahead and introduce um, everybody on the panel here. And then we will, I think we'll just go around and everybody can introduce themselves a little bit about yourselves for all the people that are tuning in on social media. And then we'll get into some questions. So we have Agi Nost who is try producing this event with Laura and myself. We have Elena Dunnan, who is also here with us, Dr. Sharnal Wubleton, and Seth, how do you say your last name? Seth Przensky? I think I got it right, Przensky. We have Seth Przensky yeah. with us, Dan Winter, Laura Eisenhower, and Nori. And why don't we start out with you, Agi? Why don't you tell us a little bit, you know, just about what you shared today and I'm going to look for some questions here and if we have any that we can you know, follow up, that up with. Uh, yeah, um, uh, don't really know exactly where to start about who I am. I'm a retired pilot now. I come to the United States from Europe and um, now I am doing radio shows and masterminds and writing books and, uh, and having a time of my life. I talked earlier about uh, astral travel and also about how to reverse the aging process as the Nobel Prize was given for the discovery of that concept and nobody told us about it. So it's kind of important that people get to know because this is a simple thing to do. And um, if you didn't hear that, you need to go back and uh, listen to the recording because it's all in there. Mm. And I want to leave then. And before we go and ask, yeah, yeah, before we actually go and ask everybody else um, some questions and get into their work, since you have to leave very soon, let's just go ahead and ask you this question that's come in here from Esperanza. She's asking, yeah. what are those entities that we can encounter in the astral realm, and are some of them negative? Um. Uh, some of the entities, uh, a lot of them are disembodied entities, and uh, they seem to have one thing in common, that they had very little spiritual knowledge before they dropped the body. And uh, that's kind of a, a disadvantage, because if you don't know where you're going, what are you going to do when you get there? You don't know even know how to get out of there if you are there. So this is something that uh, they seem to have in common. But there are also entities out there and things out there that, um, yes, things also. And uh, some of them have never had a physical body and they are the probably the more interesting ones because they come from higher dimensions down here just to play around and observe and research and have fun, I guess. But uh, into the astral worlds anyway. And uh, otherwise it is safe. 
where you know your environment, you don't have to worry about all that much because you can go out there, you know what to expect. And that's one of the things I talked about earlier. So uh, just, uh, it can be taught. You can teach yourself how to go out of the body and have wonderful experiences and find solutions for yourself. So uh, the dangers, uh, no, there's nothing really out there that can get hurt. The, the physical part of you is laying back in the bed where you came from. So um, there's really nothing there that can get hurt. Thank you, brother. And actually, I think this question right here is good for everybody to answer. So let's start with you, Agi, so that you can you know answer this before you leave, and then we'll go around here. And um, Jamie is asking, how do we start to rise above this crap? I know I'm here for this time, but I seem to be in a funk, achieving not much at all. How do I break? Oops. Did you cut out? How, how do you break? How, how does one break the pattern of what? Feeling in a funk or what did they how say? How do you break clean rice? Yeah, did you hear what I said? There's a little delay, so hopefully you got it. You're breaking up a little bit. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like a person's in a funk, how to break through it, break out of it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I could say from my own yeah. funky self, uh, no, Augie, go first, because yeah, you have to leave. Yeah, I, uh, I think most avenues for people start with learning how to meditate. Uh, the, that's kind of a gate for most people into higher consciousness. Meditation is almost a must. And it is so simple. Um, the, it's um, just many forms of meditation. You can have music behind you that'll soothe the mind so it goes away, or you can sit there and try to think about absolutely nothing, which is not really all that easy in the beginning, but there are tricks which you can calm the mind. And I talked about one of those tricks in the recording that you probably heard later on, earlier on. But do that and then go within because your answers is within. And if it isn't within you, then it knows where to go through that inside of you to the universal mind and find the answer and bring it back. It's all at your fingertips. Is Nori joining you tonight? Thank you, you, is, are, is, are, do you have to go to Nori? No. Oh, okay. No. All right, so let's ask the, move that question over to Elena as well. So basically he's asking that he's, he's in a funk and wants to know how to rise above it and, um, and to shift from this. Yes, well, I... I See ya. Bye, Augie. Bye, Augie. Bye. <laughs> so I couldn't agree more uh, with uh, Aggie because if you want to get out of this lower vibration stuff, you need to cut the noise, cut yourself from the noise, the low vibration, the fears, everything that broadcasted by the wrong people. Cut yourself from it. Go within meditation and raise your frequency. What does it mean, raise your frequency? It means go only with feelings that makes you 
empowered, peaceful, happy, you know, like joy, serenity, laughter, happiness. Try to find these feelings and raise in it. And that will get you out of the goo that is around. That's my, um, exactly what Aggie was saying. Mm. All right, beautiful. And you know, I just want to make sure that you guys, that the delay is not too bad because if it is, maybe I should just hand it over to you, Laura, to ask the questions. Sounds perfect right now, actually. Perfect. Seems like it's all right. We can. Okay, there's a little delay, but it goes. All right, cool. All right, so let's go over to um, Dr. Charnel. Go ahead. Yeah, look like she had a. Awesome. Yeah, for me, and um, this is a common question that I get quite often. But energetically, the opposite of depression is. Uh, I mean, I'm um, sorry. Depression, oppression, suppression, all of those things are in the negative, and they're all that pressure down. So the opposite of those things would be going up, expression, creativity all the things of, you know, ask yourself questions like, what is it that I'm not doing or not creating that I, that I should be creating, or what is it that I should be saying that I'm not saying, you know, and you can express yourself in all different ways. You can express yourself through doing clay models or crayons or quilting or uh, gardening or getting on social media and doing a class or meeting with some friends and expressing. I mean, there's some something, something's being pressured down, oppressed, depressed, and it's not coming to the surface. So you're not living your creative life. And when we get to ask ourselves those questions and remember, oh, this is the thing that I haven't been doing that I used to do when I was a kid. That was so fun. You'll see that as you start like stepping into that uh, it's kind of like taking a kleenex out of the kleenex box something else pops up and then you just get this flow of whatever it is i mean again it could be fishing it could be you know there's so many different ways to express and and it could be fun you know doing music journaling writing a book that you've always said you would do and you haven't um and that is a key not only for your own flow and um ability to feel and to to look let some some of that pressure out but it's also something that the world has been waiting for so believe it or not when you do that little thing that seems so little or so big whichever it's actually adding to the collective and it's something that's been waiting and i can tell you this is a quick story is i always loved cats and i grew up watching cats and i kind of had barns and i would tame them and was you know anyway years later i'd always say well when i die I'm going to take care of kittens like that's going to be my job in heaven and I accidentally would always get people sending me these cats to bottle feed and take care of and foster and the shelter finally offered me like a job to do this you know as I'm taking care of animals I mean people as an naturopath um they were like you know if you want to do this on the side whatever and the first set that I got I was like bottle feeding and I'm sitting there remembering myself in the barn taking care of these kittens. And I was thinking to myself, I feel so aligned right now that in this weird way, I felt like me doing this and the thing that I was born to do was actually changing the world just by taking care yeah. of this, these kittens. And it, it was just such a aha moment for me to be like, this is an expression. This is my purpose. 
purpose can be expression. All these different ways can be expression. And it's just my little piece, but all of us have these little pieces, whether it's a quilt or a song or an invention for the world. And as we release, then the world gets that energetically and or physically. And we've created something powerful. And that depression is, is bye-bye. See ya. So beautiful. You're basically saying that being in a, a state of joy and expressing your creativity allows you to be in your mission and you're contributing to the collective consciousness just by expressing yourself through your creativity. So that's amazing. Thank you. Yes, so Dan, you've been here throughout the day. What do you make of everything that you've heard? And how do we connect this to, you know, activating our bliss energy? Well, I think the advice has been wonderful. I, I love the advice about meditation and, uh, you know, follow your bliss. Is that? And if, so if you're feeling in a funk, dig deep inside and find where's your bliss. And also you could start a bit of yoga, uh, refine your diet, that sort of thing. I think it's been a great day. You know, I did have one thought in the conversation with Augie. It's too bad he's gone. But, you know, Augie talks a lot about astral travel. I think his visions are very wonderful. And I believe he has real experience. And I respect that. On the other hand, I don't think he spoke much about astral hygiene. You know, he said, well, there's not much out that, there that can hurt, but actually there's a lot of spirit entities that are pretty messy. And I know that Elena Danan speaks a lot about that. I'd be interested to hear her, her thoughts about that, actually. But. Well, uh, when you have natural, when you do astral travel from birth, and it's a natural ability, I mean, you came with the necessary protections and you can do it, it's fine. Um, I'm... I'm, I'm doing it and uh, also do shamanic journeys and which is kind of the same thing. Um, there's a lot of predators out there and especially now, and you need to be very careful. Uh, your soul may be less endangered than your body that stays there. The thing is, um, it's just a little peep out, peep out the body, you know, and you still have a link to the body. And this is what you need to protect. Some some cultures call it the silver cord. Mm. Uh, it, it's like an it's an umbilical cord, and that maintains you to the your your flesh envelope. If that that thing is not protected, uh, it can be cut severely by entities and another that you can have a walk-in come into your body and you're lost. You can't you can't come back because when the the, the cord is cut, it's death. You know, well, associated to death. And, so and you, know you must be very careful. Yes, Agi talked about the silver cord, and I believe that he's seen it, but he didn't discuss that astral issue. And that brings us to maybe what I may discuss a bit more tomorrow, which is if you get dig a little deeper into the physics or electrical engineering, and you see that this is actually what you're calling the fourth dimension is what I would call a longitudinal array, a compressional array. For example, your connection is better if you're at a ley line cross or if you're at sunrise or sunset. Uh, these are things that increase longitudinal embedding and therefore your ability to maintain that connection. Also, of course, grounding. So once you understand the electrical engineering of these things, it's a bit easier to understand how that grounding and that connection is made because it's really not quite so mystical. It's actually about a compressional array of longitudinal waves. So there's a lot to the physics here that we could add in the discussion and perhaps tomorrow. But the question of astral hygiene in general may, might be a good thing to play with a bit more. And, I like your thought, Lena, as well. Yes. 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 And uh, may I, mm, oh, I want to ask some to add something. 
if possible. Uh, sure, go ahead. Just, um, I, uh, I, am, uh, I practice shamanism as a vulva. It's from my, my granny uh, from the island, Baltic, Gotland. Um, and she told me, and to, to do shamanic journeys in the Sami tradition, I use, I think I have it nearby. Yes, I'll show you. I use this to ground myself. It's, it's, um, it's a vulva wand, it's a steel, it's a forged metal. It's like a poker for the fire. And I stick it in the ground and I do all my, my, uh, my journey holding nice. it like this. And um, that helps me grounding and not lose. It keeps my soul uh, connected to the, the, the ground, the earth by metal. Forge, uh, uh, just I, it's iron, in fact. Yes, iron. Mm -hmm. Sorry. So I was just uh, showing this. <laughs> Beautiful how the indigenous blood, and even your indigenous ancestors, because the indigenous ancestors walked the same energy lines for you know a thousand generations, and their DNA became fractal to that land. The Aboriginals call it a Braxis point. So the concept of grounding is actually access to that fractality, which is also about longitudinal embedding. So that's a beautiful power. And even that's an indication of who are the lucid dreamers. And the lucid dreamers are the ones who have these skills. And now we teach the physics of how lucid dreams are triggered electrically. Therify is an example of a longitudinal plasma, which measurably triggers lucid dreams and the ability to remote view. So you can talk about these things in electrical terms, which literally is plasma projection and begin to understand the physics of remote viewing. We'll, we'll discuss that more later, perhaps. Beautiful. Thank you, Dan. And Dr. Charnel, you had something to say. I had a question. And go ahead and... Um, yeah, yeah, I just had a question. Dan, were you saying that the way you your bed is makes a difference? Or do you think that well, has anything... Facing, you said something about facing north or... Oh, I'm curious. It, it's the, the tradition about facing north or east is mostly because as in a sailor, you face the wind to steer and the direction of the plasma wind would generally come from either north or east, but not in every location. But what I was referring to more specifically was that if, as for example, with Therify.net plasma, uh, you get more action at a distance capability if the system is on a magnetic line cross, the same place that CozyRev measured increased telepathy, telepathy with Karatkov and also where you place a labyrinth or a cathedral mm -hmm. or a temple. Again, again, the magnetic line cross is an example of what ancestors call four-wave uh, sacred four directions, what physicists call four-wave mixing, which is phase conjugation. So that embeds you in the longitudinal array, and that's where ancestor memory lives, in that wind. Also sunrise and sunset are helpful, mm -hmm. uh, also equinox and solstice all because it creates the symmetry of those vortex alignments. And that's what embeds you in that compression wave, sometimes called scalar or torsional. It's the correct word, this longitudinal interferometry. So action at a distance and these viewing at a distance is not a mystery, actually. The physics of that cord is specifically longitudinal interferometry. Cool, thank you. Wow, incredible. And uh, you're going to be going deeper into that tomorrow, right, Dan? I hope to. Yeah, we'll play with it. All right, all right. So for anybody on YouTube right now, you can you can jump in and come and join us tomorrow for Dan's presentation. And Nori, go ahead. Yes, I, have, I just would like to go back to the question for a minute. It's the healer in me. So sometimes, now, although meditation is excellent 
for depression and for many of the lower energy vibrations. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sometimes if you're feeling depressed and you're really in a funk, you can't, it, going into meditation is too big of a leap. So you could start small, like with Dr. Charnel's cat, right? I mean, the vibration of just petting the cat or watching the cats, that could uplift you just a little bit so that you could make another decision. Or maybe you could just look around your room and identify all of the things that you like and why you like them. Really small stuff. You know, I love the way the wind, the, uh, the sun is coming through that window. I love the purple glass of that that vase. I really love the pattern of my, my dress, right? Little tiny things begin to work you your way up the vibrational scale. And then the next thing you know, then you can go into meditation, then you can create your screenplay or your book or whatever. So I just, and the other thing is, my question would be, what, are, what anger are you holding inside of yourself that you're not letting out? and set the timer for 17 seconds and just like let it rip for 17 seconds, everything that you're mad about, but not more than 17 seconds, because then that's your point of attraction and you'll draw more anger to you. So oh, thank you. Thank you for letting me say that. Thanks. Thank you for sharing. And um, in the, another tool, I'll just throw one out here as well, is sound and vibration, which is also something I love so much because listening to sound tools, listening to sing bowls, didgeridoo sounds, you can even go even fine, uh, fine tune that and even go into specific frequencies that create different types of experiences for you. I, um, you know, I've had a life full of anxiety and depression, um, you know, and I'm still working out a lot of it. And at one point in my life, when I really got into sound, I just started putting on sound vibrations through the intercom in my entire place 24-7, right? So I would literally walk in to vibration and I would, it would just, no matter what happened outside, not only did that vibration, just the fact that it was playing affect me as soon as I entered my house, but I really feel the fact that it was there all day, like just, like just, um, just like vibrating there and just staying there really created a sacred space for me to move into. So that's a good tool for people that maybe do have issues meditating and even getting to that place. Because I really had a lot of issues meditating. I went to um, my first 10 day Vipassana, right? Silent meditation retreat. I could not meditate at all. I don't even know how I did this, right? And a lot of people that I recommend going to the 10-day Vipassana, they're like, oh, I can't even sit with myself. And I'm like, you can't sit with yourself? You don't even know who I was when I went there. I could not sit with myself, but I was at a point where I was like, I need to check myself into somewhere, right? So I checked myself into Vipassana and you, know, you follow it, you do it. You, once you're there and you follow the, um, the techniques, you can actually do it. So if you do have issues sitting with yourself or if your mind is going really fast, another thing that I hear from a lot of people is that I have a racy mind and they think that meditation is having no thoughts. But to me, uh, it's not about having uh, no thoughts. It's about detaching from the polarity of what those thoughts bring up in you and seeing them neutrally, no matter whether they're like positive thoughts about life or negative thoughts about life, just kind of observing the thoughts and letting them just float away float away. And as I started doing that, this is when, you know, it's been like 10 years now, I've been doing this. 
Um, then I got to a point where those thoughts started dissipating more and more. And then the funk started clearing from my eyes, you know? So just realize that meditation isn't just one thing. Washing the dishes could be meditation for you, you know? Whatever puts you in that state, like Dr. Charnel was talking about, all those creative different things that you could do, that's meditation for you that can help clear it. You don't need to just sit there in one place. So that's just my two cents on it. Uh, Seth, what do you make of all this, brother? I'll, you know, it's, it's, I'm going to take a totally different approach, just kind of, you know, to, with everybody said, it's so interesting how we're saying similar things, but with different perspectives on it. But for me, it's really a thing of curiosity. You know, if I'm feeling whatever, I'll do my best to bring my attention right back to how I'm feeling my state of being. And I'll just simply be like, okay, something's causing my heart to beat. And I start getting curious because I'm like, what is it? What's it like? What's causing my heart to beat? And I've been, since I was a kid, I just started doing it. And it was, it put me on this path of like, I'm so curious that my curiosity overrides whatever negativity or whatever I'm going through. And so really it's just about building on that curiosity. And then you discover you focus on it enough. It starts to amplify the presence of it. So that's like the innocent childlike approach to it, you know, be like an inner a kid, play with it, be curious. Nice. Thank you, brother. All right, so we have some questions coming in here. Um, so let me read some of these for a specific panelist here. Let's start with you, Elena. Let me see if I can find that question. Um, actually, let's, um, I see one here for Dr. Charnel. So we'll ask you first. Melanie's asking about the coffee drinking situation. As I'm, she's not sure that she can give up coffee yet. What supplements can counter affect it on the body? Um, I don't know about supplements, but be careful. I mean, for on a frequency level, coffee will bring you down 20% instantly, but I use a lot of things to upswing before I even drink coffee. I personally drink coffee. I know a lot of people don't drink coffee. I also drink tea. Some days I skip coffee altogether. I don't know if it's like just a ritual that I enjoy with my husband or whatever. Believe it or not, I didn't even start drinking coffee until I was 40 years old. That was my first time. So like, why would you start? Because, you know, there's not any real, well, anyway, depends on, I guess there's some benefits to certain kinds of coffee for sure. But on a frequency range, uh, it's not even the caffeine. I think it has something to do with the actual coffee bean or something that that does give a little bit of a frequency jolt uh, or drop I should say um but yeah I mean there's different things that have megahertz that can bring you higher I don't know necessarily about supplements doing that but definitely crystals essential oils uh nature uh you know sunrise sunset then all the things if you're in a high vibe and you're happy about it you can override anything you know so I don't want to say pick your poison because of conscious language but you know if coffee makes you happy, don't give it up, you know, unless it's just like super detrimental to like, um, maybe you're having, um, like endo or some things that don't jive with caffeine, then obviously that would be something, but on a frequency level, I just kind of, it's to each his own. It, you can customize your own situation. The only thing, uh, I would love to add is, is can you guys hear me? Okay. Yes. Is, you know, everything being frequency, 
we meet and we greet every energy around us. So if we're walking down the street and we run into somebody who might be in sorrow or grief, we might shake that person's hand and give them a hug and raise their frequency. And, and same with the things we ingest, it might lower our vibration, but the medicinal quality of it and what it might bring us because it helps us wake up a little bit of alcohol here and there, maybe a cigarette, you know, yeah. Doing it constantly or relying on it or having addictive tendencies is never any good. But when we learn or appreciate the medicine that it offers, we can also meet it halfway by having gratitude towards it and saying, thank you for helping me wake up in the morning. I know you're lowering my frequency in a certain way, but I can greet you like somebody on the street that might need a hug and raise your vibration. Love that. In that kind of way. Um, the most important thing is that things are clean and organic and purified versions of any of it. But I just wanted to add that, that uh, when we run into an energy that lowers us, we have the consciousness freedom to be able to communicate with it well enough to create a dialogue that's beneficial for both, I guess is what I wanted to say. Mm. Beautiful. And just to add to the coffee conversation here, because I've had, I've had a, a 15 year love and hate relationship with coffee that, you know, caffeine in coffee can make your body acidic, right? So how to counteract that? Do things that make it alkaline. Um, even standing on the earth and earthing for like 15 minutes plus alkalizes your body. Also know that many um, coffees that are not organic have hundred plus chemicals in there, including heavy metals. Maybe you don't want to do that. And then there's also so many conscious coffee companies now that put um, reiki mushrooms in there, all types of um, things. And, you know, because I research coffee every now and then online, Instagram just like bombards me with like conscious coffee commercials. So it's like, I'm always seeing the new stuff, but yeah, just take a look. There's a lot of different things you can do. Um, and then lastly, everything in moderation, right? You don't want to overdo it. And then, um, you know, take it to a point where it's actually having an adverse effect on your body. I feel that's a good recipe, a good equation right there to be a healthy coffee drinker. All right, so let's let's move over to you, Elena. Uh, we have another a question here for you. Melanie is saying that she knows a little girl, five years old, who 18 months ago suddenly started having seizures and convulsions. So bad that she had put it she had put into an induced coma. She has improved a little, but still has ongoing seizures and can't do anything for herself. No one can answer why this is happening to her and there is no diagnosis. She's wondering if it could be some sort of malevolent ET or some entity, is there a way to kind of find out? It could, it could. Uh, Dan, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a doctor or um, I, I don't know, maybe there is something medical, but if the, the medical field hasn't found anything, there's something else um that uh it it may be yeah it may be an entity so what you 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 know when an when an entity an evil entity well evil like a malevolent entity uh bothers someone like this the first thing you can spot is the change of personality the change of attitude the the the, the child would suddenly be become aggressive or angry just before it happens you see feel a slight difference also be if you are there 
see what you feel with your heart. You, 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 you will feel if there's something there. So now um, I know a shaman can, can help uh, be with the child and journey and meet the soul of the child and see what's there, you know, and clear. Then uh, if you can use sound or energy to light energy to um, raise um, a shield around the kid and raise the, the, the clean with the with sound tuning forks for instance um, very very high pitch I like my uh, 40996 <laughs> it's like destroys everything uh, you can already do a, a clearing like this um, so I don't know um, I, I would need to see the child, you know, to really say what it is. I just, it's just hypothesis. Um, maybe someone else here has a better way of um, something to say. Yeah, it's not easy to speculate on these things because it could be so many different things. Yeah. Um, Seth, here's a comment for you, and I'll just um, read the comment to you, and then you can kind of just riff on it. Sarah is saying, Seth, what a magical presence and truth. Thank you. What I've been thinking about a lot lately is how so many people are trying to figure out where we are going. But like you said, we will never be able to know where we're going. This story is unraveling, and we keep trying to figure it out, but we won't know until we're there. And looking at it from that perspective, that knowing, it's like, how can we see everything now versus what we used to know? Blew my mind when I realized this, Does that, if that makes sense to you. It's so fun. I'm laughing because Laura asked that question. Do you remember? Were you there when we did it? We actually just did that one. But it's so funny because it's right in alignment with kind of what we're talking about, which is continuously revisiting the same information over and over and over until you remember it so well that you can't forget it. But the point to her question, what we're saying is, how can you know where you're going if you don't know where you are, right? How are you going to master some other world if, unless you master this one first? And so everybody's looking ahead or looking back and nobody's really truly being right where they are and right what they are. And once you commit to that, once you really start doing it for real, who you think you are suddenly becomes such a small slice of what it is that you actually are that you feel like there's chasms to cover, you know? So it's about beginning where you are, but that's an illusion too, there isn't. You are a quantum being, you are literally connected to all things at all times at once. And when you start to make all the systems of the body coherent, they align with these much greater systems that are in the physical and non-physical universe and it causes you to become conscious of them and of the parts of you that don't know. If that makes sense. Thank you. So these, the next few questions are kind of general questions. So I'll just ask them and you know, whoever wants to jump in and answer them, that we can do it that way. Okay, Esperanza is asking here, what about when someone is following their joy either by doing drugs or hurting others or doing really bad things do they raise the frequency too, or is there, uh, is there something on right or wrong? So basically, if you're convinced it's a good thing, even though it's really bad. You know, I would say to that. Anybody want to jump in on that one? 
see, we have this proclivity to make it about somebody else, right? To judge, to always go into victim or savior consciousness. Well, what people have a really difficult time doing is to take full responsibility for how you perceive somebody or something. And if you're not doing that, then you tend to engage in relationships that are codependent or that reflect an aspect of you that you're not really aware of. And then you find that you're part of this cycle or pattern that's been continuing, you know, ad infinitum, who knows how long. So what it more comes down to is to what degree is somebody willing to take responsibility for how they perceive it? And you realize it's not even about them. It has something to do with the way you're perceiving it. And if you're choosing to view it from a, you know, a, a habitual way of how you're most used to viewing it, or if you're willing to break open that perceptual boundary that you're usually limited by. That's how I'd answer that. I, I just want to say, I mean, going through the dark night of the soul means we have to face aspects of ourselves we might not like, but when we are unconscious to those aspects of ourself, we might not like we engage maybe in addictive tendencies in order to avoid going through that dark night of the soul. And some people can find addiction to things like drugs or alcohol or cigarettes when uh, TV, uh, news, um, shopping. Uh, I mean, the, the list is real long as far as distractions are concerned. Um, some people are very desperate for medicine, though, because of the trauma. There's a lot of trauma going on. And I think if you are engaging in something that makes you feel better, but are willing to look at it and move through it uh, and understand it, then it, it, it might serve you temporarily and don't shame yourself because of it, but just don't go so unconscious with it as a vice to the point where you're going to negate your ability to listen to your intuition and what the pain or trauma is trying to tell you or what it's um, maybe going to teach you to protect yourself from in the future. I think maybe just Beautiful. in terms Thank of- you. Um, we have a comment from in, Go ahead. Just in terms of following your bliss, you know, the theory would be that actually bliss is a shareable wave by definition. So there's no such thing as a real form of bliss that hurts someone else, actually. Bliss only becomes self-feeding self when it's actually a high level of service. In fact, they say that those who are learning to live without food, that the actual food of, uh, that you get is by doing your own highest level of service. And then you find your aura is fed because you're doing your highest level of service. So finding your high, highest level of service is part of the definition of following your bliss. And in that case, by definition, you're not hurting someone. That's another way to look at it, perhaps. Yeah, that's amazing input. Thank you. So we have a comment from um, YouTube. I just want to mention Heather saying about the seizure question, maybe you should look into CBD. And I have to second that. I'm not saying, you know, the person should take CBD. Maybe they should look into it. But I know a, a handful, at least nine people that had seizures, some of which had them for, uh, one of which had it for 20 years. As soon as they took CBD, never had a seizure again, all of them. So um, it's actually one of the number one things for actually helping people with seizures. So yeah, definitely look into it. And you can even go to um, a doctor that um, specializes in that, you know, so you can get actual medical license rather than a recreational one to make it even more legit for that person. All right. So 
Um, here's a question for the group and anybody can kind of jump in with it. I had an experience after a teenage abortion where I returned home, I will curl in ball in a ball crying and suddenly saw myself from above and heard never again. Was that a trauma-based astral travel? Couldn't quite hear. I don't think we could hear the beginning. So can you astral travel from she said she had an experience okay, after, a, after a teenage ab abortion. Mm -hmm. So in effect, uh, it was a, a very traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. And indeed, I think the spirit guides are taking her from that pain to look from the outside in and see that there is a way, which in this case is, is not to do that again, actually. And uh, so maybe it's her spirit guides helping her to gain perspective on a huge trauma. Awesome, Dan, yeah. And yeah, just having that kind of uh, grief and, and, and having to make those kind of decisions and, and find sort of peace. I mean, there's so much programming I feel that gets in the way instead of being able to engage with our creative energies to the point where we can reconcile it through feeling it to heal it. We need to not be afraid of feeling things. You know, pharmaceuticals are the worst option because it takes away our ability to feel so that we can heal. So even if a traumatic experience like that happens, just feel into it. L listen to what your soul has to say because it's going to hold you and hold your heart and help you to breathe through it and move through it and help make sense out of it, not through the lens of any kind of 3D projection or medical industry or anything. This is where sovereignty lies and your spiritual truth and power. Only you can make peace with it. And it's a beautiful peace because you and that soul have its own divine connection that nobody else should define. I like that she had the opportunity so, Nori, to- So question for you. Oh, can I, can I answer this one first? <laughs> no. Yeah, go ahead, Marie. Okay. There's just a little delay. So if I'm cutting anybody yeah, off, there's it's, a delay. it's just a delay. Yeah, I like that she had a vision of herself from above because, um, you know, it, it could be so traumatic that she had to like separate from the pain of it, but that she had the vision of herself from above. I only hope that she was able to look with compassion upon herself. And because she heard the words never again or something like that, like it's like a decision was made. Maybe she would never would have to have those feelings of pain again. And she could, you know, remember the compassion that she felt for herself when she saw herself like that. I hope that that's what happened for her. I wanted to say so Alman has a question for you, Nori. What is the play? Go ahead, Dan. Go ahead. Sorry, just um, speaking of trauma, I actually did a little shamanic inquiry. And that child who is in a coma, um, I get a clearer sense that she there was a trauma. It may have been an extreme allergic reaction actually to something, but there I believe there was a trauma. And actually. As an example, we have a friend, Michael Rice, who shamanically literally brought a girl back from the dead. And a trained lucid dreamer can go in and find the spirit of that child. And those kind of shaman do exist. That's great. All right, thank you. So the question for you, Noreen, what's the best way to let go of victim mentality? 
to let go of what? Victim mentality. Ooh, that's a big one. Um, I always go back to um, the vibrational, the emotional vibrational scale. I don't know, you've, I'm sure you've all seen them. You know, there's joy and bliss and then indifference and negativity and depression and you go up and down them all day long. If you intentionally try to raise your vibration with some of the small ways that I mentioned before, petting the cat, you know, looking at what you love, talking to somebody that you love, lift your vibration. And then from there, because you can't heal, right? You can't heal that energy from the, the level that it was created on. So you have to raise your vibration higher and then somehow work with somebody, a coach, a hypnotherapist anybody, a shaman, to get to the truth of who you are, that you're perfect, whole, and complete right here, right now, even if you feel like you're a victim. And once you embody that perfection, the victimhood begins to fall away. Mm. So not having an hour and a half to work with that person, that's all I have. <laughs> I got something. Dr. Charnel, do you want to jump in that? Yeah, I mean... It's a state of mind. And as I said today, um, you know, seek ye first. Uh, yeah, I went into several different scriptures, not scriptures because of religion at all, um, but just on a quantum physics level. Um, seek ye first the kingdom, and then all these things will be added unto you. And the kingdom is inside. And if you can go inside, even on a DNA level, sometimes there can be a subconscious belief system that you may have incarnated into and or and so that projection through the cells goes into the biofield that projection shoots out into the field the field is bio field meaning a dual radiates out and magnetizes back in so you're basically attracting situations and people to take advantage of you cancel clear whoever the person is to make yourself right because it has to match the equation of the cells and so then after you've had a couple of environmental situations that prove you're right by your cell frequency, then, then you, you can have that mindset. And then you, it just snowballs into this, like it keeps happening, it keeps happening. And, you know, maybe you remember what happened to grandpa or grandma, or someone told you a story and, you know, you, you step out at something that doesn't work and then you're right again, because you, you know, so it starts with like, um, Nori was saying is going inward, seeing if there's any patterns, identifying and going back to even what Seth and everyone else is saying, the GPS, if you're going to put in a, a location of where you choose to be, you have to know where you are first. You have to acknowledge, okay, this is where I am. I get it. And also I don't have to stay here because the GPS has got to start somewhere, but then you put in where you choose to be. So where do we choose to be? Sovereign, victorious, successful, abundant, amazing, strong, powerful, beautiful, all the things that our DNA already is because we're in a God alignment DNA. You cannot separate from God's DNA. And this is, and it would God ever say, I suck and I'm a victim. No, that's not going to happen. So when we remember who we are and how powerful we are already, we can override the frequency within the cells and then that shoots out. You start getting a match in the field to, you know, 
successful opportunities, doors opening, you know, I am the door that no one closed. And that's the thing. It's like, you just keep getting success after success, quick responses, um, quick success, quick um, miracles, abundance, new jobs, new partnerships, new friends, uh, divine sequences, all those things happen. Now I will say on a physical level, um, it cannot, it may not only be an, a DNA epigenetic situation, it can be environmental, meaning you're just hanging around a bunch of people who all suck. And then you think you do because you catch it on. Um, you know, they say you're like the five people you hang around with. So maybe just get new friends that have the mindset of being happy, fun. You know, that's why I have some of you guys as friends, because I like you, you're good vibes and it's fun to be around good vibes and collaborate with good people. Right. So it's catchy. All of that's transferable. Just like Laura said, hugs and all that. That's all transferable. And the last thing I'm going to say is mold, fungus, and parasites. If you have mold, fungus, or parasites within your body, guess what? That projects into the field because the projection of that equation is you are easy to live off. So the energy goes out is I'm a victim. And so you're subconscious to it. You may not know you have mold frequency or energy, you know, energy issues that goes out. And guess what? People will only submit to your lowest common denominator. So you'll start attracting people who go, oh, she's got this. They don't, it's not word spoken. It's not like, oh, I know you have mold. So I'm going to do this. Or I know you have parasites. So let's join the fun. It just ends up being, that's what you collect until you switch it. It's the minute you can fix mold, parasites, and fungus, or anything that's living off of you that isn't welcome or entities. You know, we talked about alcohol and drugs. Whether you like it or not, anyone that I scan, if entities are off the chart on the scan, I'll ask them, do you drink? Yes. Do you do drugs? Yes. The minute they stop that, guess what? Entities go away. Do you have a victim things going on? Yeah. Do you have mold parasites? Yes. Those things always equate. And when we deal with the root issue, you won't have it on your scan anymore, which means you don't have it in your life anymore. And it also means you have new patterns coming into your life because people will honor you everywhere you go. You'll be celebrated everywhere you go and people will look at you and you'll have abundance and opportunities happen. Synchronicity happens and it's a great thing. So I love miracles. That, that goes to like the fact that your emotional body and disharmony that you could create from just like how you feel or your challenges, issues, traumas, literally manifest in physicality as things, parasites, mold. So we can, and then we can, those are just warning signs that obviously can become something later, right? And cancer is a great, um, is a great example for that, right? It's, it's like you've been warned for so long and now it manifests as a cancer. So yeah, it makes perfect sense. Uh, Laura, I saw you jumped on. Did you want to say something? Oh, oh yeah, I was just gonna say, you know, there's an ebb and flow. I feel that our vibration is gonna rise, it's gonna fall, but as long as we can meet both polarities with compassion, understanding, forgiveness, and acceptance, we can bridge those polarities and be the alchemists and create the transformation. And you know, obviously, Charnel like talks about that, and everybody else here does. Um, but I just wanted to add that just to kind of clarify that we're making these kind of points. Um, even if something falls in vibration, I mean, what is the dark night of the soul? It's anything but comfortable. We can't always be vibrating at this, like, Oh, super high. Like, Oh, I'm feeling awesome. And, uh, highly intellectual and filled with wisdom. No, sometimes we have to just fall to our knees and just cry. And it's okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, here's a question for you, Laura. 
Um, this is from YouTube. Leba is asking, is 5D Earth already in existence or is it going to be transformed into a 5D world? You are the Earth. So are you 5D? You got to ask yourself. 5D has to do with your fifth chakra, has to do with the fifth element, which is ether. So in any moment you wonder about 5D, ask yourself, are you generating that energy into the collective? Are you vibrating with that potential and that resource, which is everywhere around us at all times? We're way beyond 5D. We're 12 strand DNA and beyond. Our physical vessel might not be able to fully embody it at this point, but our consciousness can. And if we're consistent with it, it can step down into the physical plane and begin to upgrade the physical where we begin to move from carbon base to crystalline. So 5D, think about your fifth chakra. Are you speaking a truth frequency or are you, or are you spreading mind viruses? Speaking a truth frequency means you're being authentic. You're dropping the facades and you're just being real. And that to me is the entry into 5D. And the ether element starts to purify our chakras and the nucleic acids of our DNA when we can be real. And we're going through a huge dark night of the soul as a collective. And we're dealing with Chiron, the wounded healer, which is ruling the 13th sign of Phaecus, which is connected to the element ether. When that started to come into the picture, it really required all of us to be honest with our wounds and traumas. Because if we're not, we just end up acting out, blaming others. And it's the blame, shame, victim game. And it doesn't get us anywhere. So we got to learn to rehabilitate as a humanity and hold hands and, and offer support. You know, we're going to have our good days and our not good days. But, but you know, there's nothing better than that friend that you can call and, and, and you know, and be there for them in return. You know, it's, it, we don't have to put on any facades. How about let's let truth win? And truth is sometimes it's not a comfortable thing what we're tackling. And um, I, I, I just feel the rehabilitation factor and, and being true to who we are and where we're at and offering that support to others is entering 5D and speaking those words of love and compassion and understanding and, and honesty and self-honesty is entry into 5D. And the ether element is gonna clean us up if we can just be willing to face those wounds and traumas and be compassionate with other people's wounds and traumas so that all that acting out and facade game can crumble because that is the cabal uh, and the old paradigm. That is what we've been existing under for so long. Fake news, Hollywood, entertainment industry, and all these things uh, even new age deceptions that are like, this is how it should look and this is how you should be. And this is what it means to be professional or this uh, or successful. You know, how about we embrace the fact that it's freaking messy and it's okay. And, and we're going to be devastated. We're going to cry. But once we release that, the light shines. I mean, let's learn from nature. It's got monsoon seasons. It's got rain. It has snow. It has volcanoes. I mean, if we, if we can't feel into all these elementals, you know, what the heck are we doing? We're just polarizing ourselves or limiting ourselves to particular archetypes or elements. The whole reason we're born with a unique zodiac map is to bring us back to the zero point unified field. And so we're not meant to process it the same way. So to try and create sameness is ridiculous when diversity and harmony is true oneness. 
our differences are a blessing. So let's learn and grow from each other and share the codes, share the vibes. Yes. Mm. That question is so perfect for, I think, everybody here because we're all doing, you know, we're all creating this reality and working towards it with the work that we do. So let's open it to the whole panel. Seth, do you want to jump in here on this question? Could you ask the question again? I just want to hear it more specifically. All right. Let me just pull it up here. Okay. Instead of scrolling up, I believe the question was, are we in 5D already or are we still transforming to that reality? Oh, okay. Absolutely. I mean, we are multidimensional, incomprehensible beings in our pre-existing natural state. The issue is we come into the world and instead of focusing on that, which is infinite or permanent or natural, we are instead taught to focus on what is permanent, uh, impermanent and artificial. And that begins to influence how we continue to see the world. And so we, before we know it, we've created this self-created box of imprisonment that we think is what, we think it's normal, but it's really our projection of our own limitation that we believe. And then suddenly we start to believe in it so much that we reinforce its existence in us. And we can't imagine what else there is. And we're witnessing a whole species that has essentially been taught to do that but they don't really know they've been taught to do it and so that's become a natural process so we're in million d there's like there's no (laughs) amount of dimensions dan from your research have you come across any scientific evidence to show multidimensionality and could you share some of that with us i don't so I don't research really. I don't look into a lot of stuff. I know Joe Dispenza supposedly has a lot of people that he has cataloged and demonstrated the capabilities of. But where I do research is that I've noticed my own sensitivities that I didn't want to feel, that I did not want to be consciously in tune with are an instrument, a scientific instrument, if you will, an organic natural one that when we allow our sensitivities to be what they are and feel them, we have the ability to feel things that might be invisible otherwise. Like I was saying, our our light picks up, our eye only sees such a minimal amount of the visible light spectrum. Same thing with our hearing, same thing with everything, but it's most pertinent with our intuitive senses. We are almost consciously disconnected from the inherent or innate potential that is in it. And so the more you begin to feel, the more you begin to unconditionally love, even if it's scary, even if it's ugly, it allows you to break through the blockages that keep you in that bondage, if you will. And those same limitations that held you back turn into almost like a superpower or a a scientific instrument that has its sensitivities renewed or installed to a degree where it can become hypersensitive in a way that no human machine is capable of of being sensitive how about you dan um well from a science perspective the next dimension exists when an axis of spin of charge can be superposed non-destructively for example if a cube is rotating and you tilt it 32 degrees in Blink five times, you have pentodeca. The ratios are golden ratio. That's called the, the, uh, the next dimension. And it's about 
And the, the physics of that is that if you enter stillness during a meditation and you suddenly hear a crackle in the next room and your first impulse was that crackle was inside your body. The reason you felt that was because you, in that stillness, you became embedded in a larger hologram because the superposed axis of rotation, literally a bigger rose. And, and so for example, then the dodeca is ratcheted down a helix that's called DNA. So you're embedded in a longer and longer wave each time you superpose another axis of spin rotating, which then does contribute to indeed greater density at that node. Now the practical example here of what literally means being next dimension, Sometimes when people go on ayahuasca the first time, they think they're seeing through the mycenial spore fabric, which is interstellar. But then the next time they realize that spore fabric is in fact looking through them and not the other way around. And the difference is that which is more centripetal. And that actually explains the victim complex as well. Because if you look at the, of course, the universe is only made of vortex tornadoes. That's all of physics. So whoever is more centripetal is the one actually steering the tornado. If you study how shamans steer tornadoes, bioplasmic streamers, embedding. So in effect, whoever becomes most centripetal is in fact the one who is steering the tornado and hence not the victim. So what's meant by following your bliss is actually how to become more centripetal which defines life force and bliss. Yeah, and that was great. That was uh, brilliant, Daniel. Daniel Winter, I know you call yourself Dan. <laughs> that was great. So, sorry, go ahead, Neil. Um, Elena, do you want to do you jump in on this question? Yeah, it's, it's um, I totally agree. You, you, talk, you spoke, Dan, about the shaman point of view. Um, the tree of life, or the, the shamanic tree, uh, is in fact our DNA. And every little cell of DNA is a portal. We are portals. And this, um, we can, wherever we choose to project our consciousness, we can create a portal and we can travel through it. We have this ability. Of course, we don't remember, it's hidden because you need to really know what you're doing also um, you know the portals the portals are, are really everywhere and, and uh, that's what i wanted to to add that our dna is the key our dna is our vessel it's our um, vehicle that's how we transcend dimensions our dna it, it's it's the the spaceship <laughs> Like it's the vessel. <laughs> I want to say that. Yeah. And our bodies are so incredibly amazing. Like the ability is of what we can do with our bodies and what we're going to yeah. see. Um, a lot of, you know, we can, we can speculate and we can even know some things, but I feel we haven't even scratched the surface of what's possible. Um, you know, if you connect to the whole fact that we can live you know, be tapped into 12 dimensions within this actual body and pull information from it all, but still live within physicality. I feel we were created in order to be at that level. And so I'm, I'm excited just to see how that's going to manifest in the future, whether it's this life or, you know, sometime in the future, but it's definitely happening now, right? We're, we're unlocking our innate abilities and this is just the beginning of what's, what's possible. I just want to add that, I mean, I feel pain and adversity are the messengers that are helping us to unlock those keys. They are nudging us to 
uncover our greatness and reclaim our true treasures. And the cabal or the deep state tactics taking advantage of our amnesia have taken advantage of these initiations and weaken us to giving our power to them in the face of these incredible opportunities to advance ourselves. They're like, hmm, let's figure out a way to cause insecurity, lack of self-worth, um, and perpetuate uh, this like demon seed that has uh, infected pretty much every power structure that our children are raised in. And mm -hmm. we are greater than that. And we are the guardians that will take this down and protect future generations and the innocence of our children. Mm. All right, so let's, um, Nori, I, I believe this question probably might be something that you can speak on since you deal with hypnosis. It's about the dream world. And then after, you know, after you answer, if anybody else wants to chime in on this too, please do. So Sarah is saying, can we have an open discussion with the group about dreams and how the dream world has been shifting drastically as of late? Any interesting dreams that you've had and that you'd like to share as well? I, I tend to agree with Sarah. Um, I'm not sure where I'm going at night, but I really like where I'm going. I love what I'm doing and I love all the people that I'm doing it with. And it's like, I can't even wait to go there tonight. And I'm not sure what it is. I mean, I feel like I'm literally going galactic or something. Um, I don't know what it is. I'm that's not my forte, but I love it, Sarah. So I'm, I'm in total agreement with you. Beautiful. Anybody else on the panel want to speak on that question there? I think, just, sorry, go ahead, Dan. Just real quickie that, you know, the reason the Aboriginals call them dream spells and dreaming track, it, it was a magnetic align, alignment and their dream followed the magnetic line. That's also longitudinal. And so and now that we've proven uh, Therify, the plasma measurably triggers lucid dreaming. We know what that is. That's the ability to project in that fractal longitudinal array and have it a larger and larger array. So if there are interstellar alignments and the field gets larger in which our propagation is permissive, hey, Ave, which is fractal field heaven or planes of Sharon. So inhabiting a larger field in a dream means literally a, a larger nodal array, literally inhabiting the array, which tells you you're gaining leverage, hopefully. Well, what's interesting that. about like AI and false light, I mean, if it's artificial, it's really feeding on a subpersonality that's been indoctrinated into becoming something that it's not. So we enable and reinforce these artificial timelines because we ourselves are not being authentic or genuine. We are adopting behavior patterns, whether they're from our ancestors or from the television or from the indoctrination in our school systems, where we're literally, you know, feeding that. And I know everybody is addressing this in this weekend conference. And a lot of people talked about this today. It's just really wild. I just wanted to, you know, shed light on that, that uh, false light is, I feel the negation of accepting the dark because the true nature of us is masculine, feminine, light, and dark. If we can't integrate these polarities, where are we? The true darkness is the soil and the soul 
and it accepts the seeds of our higher consciousness to birth new realities that are in accordance with whatever divine plan. The divine plan is to have a creative imagination to be artistic. There's not like a set plan, you know, under the domain of the, you know, Saturn, but the law of structure that is under Saturn's domain is asking us to take these structures and fill it with the essence of our multidimensional truth and our spirit essence and our capacity to have enough of a creative imagination to do something with these structures and forms um, that uh, harvest beautiful gardens and um, the visions and dreams and goals that uh, can make this world a better place. And we have that in us. That's something. Yeah. So um, I've been teaching on dreams and visions for about two decades. And I, I agree with all you guys that it's definitely shifted and enhanced. I mean, of course, we know that you can get instructions during a dream. You can get, you know, direction. You could get impartation or activation, healing, wisdom, and you know, all whatever. There's so many things that happen because it kind of goes back to your other question about, you know, this is just real. And, you know, what is 3D, 5D, whatever D, all the, you know, it's, it's just another dimension in, in so many ways of, because two, I think we don't have a lot of times in dreams. I think the limits are gone as far as our subconscious or our, our consciousness or what we think or any kind of programs that may have been embedded in the DNA. It's like, you know, Oh no, we're dreaming. We can do whatever, you know, sky's the limit because this is just a dream. And I know like even two nights ago, I posted about this because uh, I don't remember all the details, but I do remember I had on a necklace and it just said real big on the necklace, immortal. And I was like, you know, that was what stood out to me. I woke up and it just gave me this like strength and kick in my step and reminder. And that's not a word I use. I don't think I've ever used it. Uh, it, it sent me on a, um, a little bit of a rabbit trail because I started Googling the word and really getting the word and you know, feeling it and the essence of it. And then I found out there's this movie about it from like 2012, which is interesting because the timeline of 2012 really being now. And, uh, but I looked at the trailer and I was like getting like so much and I'm about to watch the movie after this probably. And so, you know, we're speaking to ourselves from, you know, within the dream. And then we're also getting like, you know, it's almost like, Amazon Prime, you know, brings, has, our, you know, we have everything already, but we get to open the packages that have already been there in the dream. You know, it's like, oh, this was here. Okay. And we just kind of have these, like, you know, we, we can fly, we can bounce, we could go in, you know, different planets, all the things that are just in our minds here with this limbic system, you know, sitting here going like, oh no, this is what we have to do. This is where it contained. We have all these rules there's no rules out there. So I love that. And we are seeing such a rise on the planet and even the Schumann in the last few days this week. I think that's like spiking the dream time and just spiking the DNA for things to come up and to look at them and love them and just transmute and raise up. And it's just been a fun time. And I, I'm like Dory, I mean, Nori, um, I'm like literally with a journal before I go to bed expecting what am I going to get tonight? Where am I going? Who am I going to meet? What's happening? I'm all excited about it. Um, I have a couple questions. I have a comment that I want to see what you guys have to say about it. And then uh, I guess a question as well. What if you don't remember your dreams? Do you have this? This is the question first. Is there something that you could do to help you remember? 
Clary Sage. Well, I'd love to say real quick, uh, sometimes we don't remember our life, right? We walk around, some people call it a senior moment. They might think they're starting to get Alzheimer's. They're like, I don't know where I left my keys. I don't know what I did. Did I go to the grocery store yesterday? Did I really, did that really happen? I mean, we're constantly dreaming. We're multidimensional beings and there are places that we shut off for a reason and we enter other arenas. Just because we forget something doesn't mean that we're not existing somewhere else. I remember people telling me I have ADD and when I just felt into the whole attentions on different dimensions, it was no longer a learning disability. It was like, I'm just journeying, I'm going somewhere else. Sorry, I can't just sit here and be controlled by whatever they're trying to shove into my brain in this math class or history class. I'm, I'm off somewhere else, but oh, let's call it ADD. Yeah, and, and whatever we can't remember, let's, let's give ourselves a little more credit. Maybe we're somewhere else maybe a goal would be that we remember everything, but um, that might be a little bit too much for the physical consciousness body uh, relationship to be able to manage right now. Uh, but let's not project that it's a uh, affliction or an issue or a problem. Just begin to engage in it because when we can start to drop the whole diagnoses or here's your affliction and all the labels, and we can actually engage in the things that we might be working on bringing strength towards, then we can encourage it to make a transformation instead of um, condemn ourselves to uh, carrying a label uh, that um, makes us feel less than when it's really um, just, and you know, a, a greater goal we can work on. But yeah, just know that you're probably somewhere else. I don't know. Dan, you had your hand up. Did you want to comment on that? <laughs> Actually, Valerie was playing with the buttons. But, but uh, I, I do think that uh, the, the real follow the bliss possibility is the real awakener of the dreams. It's even said from Education Over Soul 7 that if, if you're serving your higher soul purpose, then the threads will connect. <laughs> mm. Okay, so here... Go so, ahead, Laura. Yeah. Oh, Laura, yep. Yeah. So from um, from a hip, hypnotic point of view, you know that dreamy time. It's like you're you're just about falling asleep. That time right there. If you can catch yourself in that little window and give yourself the suggestion, I'm going to remember my dreams tonight. Sorry, the background noise. I apologize. Um, that may help you. Also having a journal next to the bed, the minute you wake up, if you wake up at four o'clock in the morning, anything that you can remember, start writing that down. But that little window where you're kind of just about to fall off, if you could catch it right there, it may help. Great, great advice. Um, and I know a few people um, that call it the in-between, right, right where you're about to go. And actually I've had moments, I remember one time, that I was in my apartment and I was in the in-between and all of a sudden in that in-between, I was outside the door listening to two people talking. I was just like shifted out my body. And then because of that, when I was about to fall asleep, I woke up and yep, they were outside talking. So it, it was validated. So here's my comment on dreams since we're having open discussion on it. When I first, um, you know, I'd been into down the rabbit hole for like six, seven years, 2001 and 2008. And then I decided let me go on missionary work for consciousness. And I hit the road interviewing people. And I met a few people that astral traveled and said they interacted with ETs. And about, I met three individuals over a period of a few years that had all had experiences when they went to their um, home planets or 
simultaneous lives probably exist and probably live many places, but a place where that they were, one was actually on a planet in Sirius. Um, and they saw themselves in stasis, organic stasis chambers, dreaming themselves awake on Earth. So what's your comment on that? Elena, maybe we'll start with you. <laughs> yes, um, I think um, I make the difference between astral travel, where you still, uh, your soul leaves your body and you're still attached to it. You can't go very far. And I make the difference with uh, um, conscious projection, that you're going to project yourself through consciousness. It's, it's a kind of astral travel, but you don't leave your body. It's conscious projection. And that you can go anywhere, uh, even anywhere. So I would say people who have been to other worlds, uh, I'd say it was maybe conscious projection. Uh, I, I would analyze it like this. Well, I mean, I, I, I've experienced it myself. Um, I've been um, in astral travel. I'm going to call it like that. Uh, in this star system, I couldn't leave the, the, the limits of the solar system. It wasn't the limit, the, the, the cord, silver cord, the umbilical cord could withstand. I start to feel dizzy and nauseous and tinkles everywhere and I need to go back. But by consciousness projection i can go get out uh, even of the galaxy so i think that that's what happened uh, for these people who go so far and it can be really feel really real as well um pod and stasis yes there are there is a program an envoy program um that's been led by extraterrestrial benevolent extraterrestrial um structures Uh, so you, the thing is, you, yeah, the soul is disembodied. You leave your body, and the body is maintained artificially, artificially alive, but your consciousness keeps a link to it. So you can, at any moment, uh, look at it, uh, you know, and have a connection. Um, and uh, so it's a yes, it's a star, star seed program. Um, not all do this like this with leaving their body in stasis and going back to it. Um, some just incarnate directly, uh, change bodies. Uh, and it's true that it's like a dream. It's like you're asleep, you are in stasis, and you dream that you're somewhere else. You know, you dream that you, you have another life somewhere else. And it, it, it is felt as a dream by the dreamer. So this is a reality, and not everybody is dreaming themselves awake here, because when they the whole concept was when this life passes, those individuals in those stasis chambers wake up and then continue living their life in that reality, right? Yes, yes, yes. It's not a reincarnation difference. Yeah, it's yeah. very different. You, you, you keep a link with your body. Uh, I, I don't know in the details how it's done, but- well, I would say our friends, the Pleiadians have talked in great detail about having these stasis beds, enabling them to have use of their spirit plasma body yeah. in other bodies elsewhere. One notable example of the physics of how that works, if you look at the Great Pyramid, the reason it worked electrically was it's the Schumann cascade is a phase conjugate pump wave triggering the global wireless power grid at the time. But that same phase conjugate pump wave is what gave enough stasis to the body in the king's chamber to stabilize that body enough so that you could plasma project out of the body without the body decaying. 
So what the, fix, the physics of that medbed example, therify.net, is a phase conjugate plasma that's negentropic. So that stabilizes the body and gives you, you can use it as a lever then to project from. It's exactly like this is, and you can project anywhere. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a reincarnation, but you still leave your body. You leave the envelope somewhere, but always with the chance to, to be able to reintegrate it later and you know there, there are also they have this technology also to to create um clones also of your your body and when you die uh the, the body the first body is destroyed and you have no other choice than to be ex expelled from it um if that is done in quite quickly sometimes they lose people they lose souls so they have to go through the reincarnation process but if you don't go quickly you can just catch this soul and put it in the clone it, it's it's feasible and um i've heard of people uh doing this beautiful thank you um all right so what we're going to do everybody is we're we're probably going to go for another 15 minutes and if you have any last question go ahead and put it in we might get to it we do have two other questions here um and then we'll go around one time for our closing thoughts for today. And this question, I want to comment on as well, but I'm going to open it up to the group and then I'll, I'll comment on it before we move into the next one. And it's from Zara and she's asking, what are your thoughts on microdosing related to helping us stay on the path of higher frequency versus always staying natural in our energy? How do we relate these substances? Anybody want to comment on that? Well, I, I, I can jump in. I mean, I, I feel everything is a substance, you know, everything, right? So why not choose wisely? And if you choose something that might not feel wise, teach it wisdom. I mean, we are not at the mercy of the substances we take into ourselves and the things that we breathe in. I mean, we're all breathing in chemtrails for God's sake, right? So, so what do we give it in return? We give it compassion, love, forgiveness, transmutation, and alchemy. Um, I feel plant medicines uh, help us to open doorways into these greater potentials in our consciousness, but you know, it's not for everyone. So we don't have time to go after one another with, oh, this is what you think of Christ and this is what you eat and this is what you consume. No, we're dealing with Satanists and pedophiles. The last thing we should do is go after each other for anything Sorry, I, I need to calm down. No, do it. Go off. No, I, we love it. Like, Everybody you know, I, loves it, it. It boggles my freaking mind. <laughs> turn the, turn your camera on. I want to see you. <laughs> yes. Hi, guys. <laughs> but anyway, you guys take over. That's awesome. <laughs> Anybody else want to comment on that? Uh, you know, microdosing has a parallel to the physics of homeopathy that if your psyche is able to investigate and embed, wrap around the molecular geometry at a microdose le level, it can actually be more penetrating as an experience. So the more evolved people tend to use homeopathy instead of allopathy for a similar reason that microdosing can be a more elegant way to learn the lesson of the symmetry of those molecules. Mm. Oh, beautifully nice. said. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I'm gonna make my comment on it. And I'm actually a huge advocate for plant medicine and microdosing, but done in a conscious way uh, with the right people in the right setting. And maybe it's not for everybody. You know, you have to kind of 
tune into your own vibration, do your own research, figure out, you know, maybe a 10 day Vipassana thing would be better for you than doing some type of plant medicine. However, the reason why we saw two years ago, 100 different cities having on their ballot in the US to decriminalize plant medicines, most of them all naturally occurring plant medicines and fungi is because you can no longer deny the fact that this has been assisting us for thousands of years. So the introduction to, you know, and people can't make claims, right? Because of medical in industry, you can't say like, well, this plant medicine is going to cure cancer and blah, blah, blah. But if you look at some documentaries, for example, um, there's a documentary on ayahuasca I watched over 10 years ago, 10 people went into the um, jungle in the Amazon and nine out of 10 of them, oh, 10 of them all had chronically, you know, chronic illnesses that they were going to transition from. Nine out of the 10 completely healed from, right? Um, type two diabetes, cancers, all types of stuff. But if you look at, so there's evidence and research to suggest that this is definitely assisting. However, when you look at in the US and the decriminalization, um, the decriminalization, which is not the same as legalization, when you see the decriminalization of all of these, what are they saying and what is the introduction to the decriminalization? It's the cure, cure for PTSD, right? And depression, those are the two things. So the introduction to microdosing becoming a legal thing, Canada just um, has their first um, microdosing company that does microdoses of magic mushrooms um, for, uh, um, that's being traded on the Canadian stock market. So it's becoming uh, something huge and really real. And the, we have to, we owe a lot to veterans because the veterans in the US are the ones that have actually pushed so hardcore that Oakland, Santa Cruz, Denver, Chicago have all decriminalized all plants and fungi naturally occurring, right? Not acid, not molly or anything like that. So what, what's happening now is we're realizing that there's benefits. For example, in Brazil, um, I didn't, most people don't know this, but they actually have a program to lower your sentence in prison if you do ayahuasca, right? And you, they have a whole entire program for it, actually. Um, and so they don't just like throw you in there. They check you out. Um, you have therapy, all types of support along this. So we're now resurrecting an ancient awareness that's going to lead to hopefully the um, restructuring, let's just say, of big pharma, <laughs> you know? And the reason why a lot of these things haven't actually been decriminalized and legalized is because of big pharma, and which is really weird because when these things come out, big pharma tries to create a synthet synthetic version of that same exact thing, right? Like my sister, for example, talking about cannabis, I was telling her, hey, you should try CBD. You should maybe, have you ever smoked weed before? And I just smoked weed with my sister for the first time, like a few months ago. It's pretty awesome, actually. And um, I was like, have you ever uh, done this before? She goes, no, but she's a pharmacist, actually. And she was like, oh, well, they have a synthetic version. Why would I need to smoke it? <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what we've been indoctrinated with, you know? Yeah, but I have a, a synthetic womb. Why should I give, give birth? <laughs> So, so yes, to answer the question of microdosing, um, and that's actually even, um, I feel that's even more people can do microdosing if you cannot maybe do a whole journey on mushrooms because maybe that's not for you. With microdosing, you can take little amounts, not really have a tangible experience that will affect you, um, you know, for that whole entire day and still operate within society. All types of people, every single month I'm hearing from friends, 
and other people that um, I'm connected to that are being assisted with the depression, anxiety issues just from, from microdosing. So yeah, I, I recommend whoever has not heard about it, look into it. And actually on Portal to Ascension, we're starting a microdosing course very soon. So if you guys are interested in learning about it and knowing the dosages and all that, we're going to be releasing that shortly as well. So wow, Casey, wow, I'm really, I'm really that's great. great. <laughs> okay. So we have a question here. Now I think this, go ahead. Go ahead, Laura. I just was just saying that that was amazing. <laughs> all right. So, um, okay. This question um, was asked by the same person twice. So they really want this to be spoke off. So let's go ahead and do this. And let's start with you, Seth, and we'll go around the circle. I love to hear perspectives on how we can protect our children right now. I'm sorry, protect yes. our what? Our children. Oh, yes. So this is, I have a nine-year-old son and his mother and I see eye to eye on a few things, but not on a bunch of others. And a bunch of things, you know, really extreme kind of differences. So. It is the ultimate lesson in learning how to love fully, but still remain detached so that you don't annihilate yourself. Because if you love in a way that is fully codependent, you end up getting your heart smashed into a thousand trillion pieces. You know, if you're strong enough and if you're conscious enough and you're focusing on it, you can heal. But the thing that that's probably more beneficial is to be in a state where you're more of the observer. You're not as affected by all the chaos that's happening. You're not affected by the extremes to the degree that they pull you to one side or another. And so with a child, it's like you do the best you can and that's all you can do. And I do it every day. And believe me, it is so like, there's, it's a fine line. It's like we were saying before about waking and sleeping. There is a fine line between sleeping and waking that almost all people miss before they go to bed or before they wake up, where you can become conscious of a state in between those two. It takes being so relaxed that your body is about to fall asleep, yet your mind is hyper awake. And it's challenging to do at first because you got to be really going to do everything to stay awake while let the body sleep. So it's totally paradoxical and it doesn't make sense. But when you get into it, you know it, you feel it, you literally enter into what you could call a Stargate realm or you just become conscious of another layer of what you are. But it's a layer there that you're not used to consciously interacting with in the short duration of your life up until this point. And so it's unfamiliar at first and it's weird and it's all this stuff, but you recognize it as a pure aspect of what you really are. And so you see there's potential in it, there's importance in it and you prioritize being in it. It's the same thing with children, with everything happening in the world to the degree that we can just love fully and trust whatever the outcome is, is really the best we've got. I mean, what else can we do, you know? Thank you, brother. 
Um, anybody else wanted to talk about that? Let's, and let's expand that question to not just our children, how we can protect ourselves. And then even if the word protect is even a good way to maybe look at it, maybe we should shift that. So Laura, you want to jump in? Gosh, well, it, it's quite a question and I'm not going to spend too long on it. Uh, I raised twins, <laughs> had them at 25. Uh, now they're 23 and they are like my best friends and they live near me well like <laughs> in our backyard building houses and taking care of chickens and goats and uh and and working out issues you know even issues that are ancestral uh and and and, and it wasn't always so easy there was a lot of uh just having to purge and like you know, when we are a child and you're acting out or throwing a tantrum or just like not knowing what to do with the emotion, um, as a guardian or a parent, you need to just love no matter what, love no matter what. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think the greatest thing I've ever done is to help my boys move through some of the most hardcore passages in their life. Uh, and I know that they see me for that even though they know i'm not perfect no I, I i couldn't be the perfect mom but i did the best that i could and i will i i would take a bullet for them and die for them <laughs> and they is that what's required not necessarily everybody's got their own calling and their own way of going about it but authenticity and love and also uh knowing that we're not always right and we're certainly not wrong but how can we create a better dialogue that uh you know is is is, is music um that that uh creates something that can help transform ancestral patterns and societal programs in order to build the new earth and create it through our own frequency and capacity to do this amongst our most significant relationships which is with our children our parents our partners our friends you know, and if a person doesn't have kids, it doesn't make them any less of a mother or father. Some are called to play a major mother father role just for humanity. So um, I just had to add that. I don't know. That's beautiful. Dr. Charnel. That was gorgeous. I love that, Laura. Thank you. So I got five kids and um, on a DNA level, as a mom, I can say, at least as I'm from a mom point of view, we carry our kids still on the inner uh, all the way until. And so we also carry every partner we've ever had forever. So the, uh, you know, the best thing that we can do is work on ourselves. Seek ye first the kingdom. And the more every, you know, if it feels hard, it's because you're doing it for so many. Every little thing that we overcome and or override frequency wise or mentally or emotionally, or just having discipline in our head, you know, making new patterns, making new choices, all the things that we do, we're doing, and it, it affects the inside as well as the outside. There's an inner and the outer, and it all goes around. And so, but it, every, there's no time and space. So it doesn't matter if your kids are at school or at the market or in their room with the door shut, the more that we're meditating, eating right, doing all the things inner and making good choices and, you know, doing the best as, that we can, like everyone keeps saying, um, we're, we're raising our vibration, which is in us and they're in us too. So they're getting that DNA boost wherever they are. 
I mean, I have one that's um, across the United States and, and I also have my own mother, right? And there, how many times have we done this where it's been like, you're thinking about someone and they call or, you know, you're sending love and they, they send a picture or, you know, we, we all work like that, um, whether we're family or not, but with kids too, especially there's that connection where um, everything we do matters physically. And so just keep it on, you know, everything's an inside job. And as we work within from the inside out, they're, they're moving with us and it's just automatic. Thank you so Beautiful much. Beautiful mm -hmm. So, okay. Do does anybody else want to comment on that question, or we can just go around right now and have our closing thoughts of the day? Kind of like where do we where do we go from here? You know. So, Elena, go ahead. Yeah, uh, on a totally different level. I have I have no no children. Uh, that's something uh, that's been taken from me. But uh, I see well what's happening on certain levels. Uh, how to protect the children now to go back to the question simply um, my another view perspective is remove the devices uh, the phones the tablets um, well it's not easy to do that but uh, there's a there's a danger of the, the the attention of the child to be taken away from his spiritual path his his identity interaction the real world and that's really something that i see and i i, I see really um a warning about that uh, people who have children and it's not easy because we have our busy lives and you know the kids have the, the pressure of the, but they are discovering who they are and especially the children the new waves of children they are more and more uh, spiritual more and more powerful and they are going to look for guidance spiritual guidance who they are what are their powers the capacity and it's us up to us to give that to them before they go and find it online and get lost anywhere so we my advice would be try to minimize the time on the devices and just watch what they're doing what you know um and give them the guidance they may want to seek on internet. You're here for that. You've been there. You've been all the process of, you know, finding who you, you are spiritually and all these things. Help them because they're starting to ask the questions. So be there first. That would be my, my advice. Great advice. Beautiful. Thank you. Uh, Seth, let's, uh, we're going to go around now, everybody. And we'll, our closing thoughts for the day. Let's start out with you, Seth. So my closing thoughts are really, thank you. Thank you, everybody here and, and the different perceptions and viewpoints that everybody has shared and, you know, the energy that we literally have come together to create, you know, because we've, we're trying to find this geometric connection between us all and it's happening. It's just happening and it's becoming and it is what it is. And that's what we're putting out into the world. And that's a beautiful, powerful thing. And it's representative of these new systems that are coming in, which are based upon human relationship, really. You know, it's having integrity with your relationship with what you are. And then from what you are, who you are becomes an extension of that. And then the next thing is like, can you hold integrity and be in integrity with others and sustain that together and others are a great barometer for that you can use each other in that way where okay wow we're we're 
holding each other in integrity together. We're sustaining it. We're creating a new system of energy. And that's what I feel like happened here. And I'm really grateful that I get to do this with you guys today. Thank you, brother. Go ahead, Laura. Are you, are you just on the camera now or did you want to make a comment? Oh, I, not, not for, okay. uh, to interject. You're on, you're on for good now, okay. But yeah, no, I could share my closing words. All right, well, we can, we can go around and then you can close yeah, out. Yeah, I, yeah. The last okay. one. Yeah. All right, awesome. Okay, go ahead, Marie. Hey, I'm sorry. I have nothing but gratitude. I am so blown away that I'm even here with all of you and so grateful. But I think the most important thing, and this is the thing that is so prevalent in my mind, somehow, based on everything that I heard today, my life has been made a little bit better. And with that, so has my consciousness. So thank you. Thank all of you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Nuri. Dr. Chanel. I am just so uh, appreciative to you and have tons of gratitude and respect, mad love for all of you who, because I, some of you have never met some of you I do a lot of things with, and um, I love seeing each of you just being a little cell of God and how we all come together as a family. And then everyone, even in the audience, uh, whatever the chat, whatever you call it, the people who are there with us too, and they're bringing their portion and we all have the synergy and it's a beautiful song. And um, if you guys, all you guys who are watching, I really, really encourage you to pass on because um, people can still register for this and we have a whole day tomorrow and it's being recorded. This is something that can actually reprogram and bring uh, a higher frequency. Um, sometimes just knowing why we do things makes us um, have the ability to make better choices. And so this is very educational, informational, and also uplifting. And just we 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 love your synergy and um, just you know definitely share, tag, get this video out, and um, offer it to people as a service because these are kind of they can be rough times with what's happening if we're, if we're dialed into that. And I think this is absolutely very, very crucial uh, that we're doing this in November. It's important, important time and season. Um, it's my ordination day. It's a, my favorite day of the year. And also it's just a time where we, we can choose what we want the narrative to be, what our reality to be, can be, what our collective can be. And as we work within each other and um, within ourselves, and we inspire and encourage and ignite others to be doing the same thing within themselves, then we actually can get that tipping point over. And this, this world can be what we choose, not what their narrative is, but what our narrative is. And we can imagine that as Imagineers and creating. So um, definitely share and thank you everyone for being here. And I hope to do stuff with you again. I'm just like, wow, everybody love you guys. Love you too. Thank you so much, Dr. Charnel. Love you so much, Charnel. Man, you know how much I love you. I, 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 I uh, And I look forward to tomorrow and uh, the, the panel's open to everybody that's been a part of this conference. So I hope you can join us tomorrow. Charnel and Nori and Dan and Elena and Seth. Yeah, and so everybody on YouTube, we're gonna go live again tomorrow. 
Um, as many of the presenters that can join us will be here again. So if we weren't deep enough, we're going to be talking about more stuff tomorrow. It's going to be really interesting. So get your questions ready. If you have anything that comes up overnight, be ready to, to go tomorrow. Uh, Dan, let's go over to you, your closing thoughts. Uh, I, I'm grateful too. I wanted to add to Elena's beautiful thought about the kids. You know, the, 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 all the physics of where intuition and bliss arrives electrically to the body of the kids is the opposite of their computer and their iPhone, actually. So it's desperate that you get them into nature. You know, when, when Steiner said that if the child spends too much time in front of an image generator, like their computer or their iPhone, they lose the inner muscle, which is the ability to make an image inside their head. Literally, I mag imagination too. So the inner muscle to form a picture inside their head is lost. And because they're always passive in front of an image generator. So moving your kids to some nature is so, because that's the beginning of all possibility of implosion and bliss and, and, and soulment and everything. So anyway, I think that's a pretty relevant closing thought too. And thank you, okay. Elena. And thanks everybody for Laura. And I'm happy to be here. We'll have some fun tomorrow. It's all good. Thank you. Yes. Love you, Dan. So great to hear from you and looking forward to your presentation. Mm -hmm. And yeah, when, when that question came up, that's exactly where my thoughts went to nature, be connected to nature. Nature has the messages for us. <laughs> um, Elena. Yes, uh, I couldn't agree more nature or reconnecting with our uh, biosphere and physically because we are in these physical bodies, you know, and it's good for the, the soul and everything. And my message, uh, my closing message uh, is about peace, because that's the way forward. Peace within ourselves, peace with ourselves first, healing our wounds, healing our trauma, and being in peace, finding this peace. Because when we find this peace, then we radiate it naturally. It's a frequency that is very much higher. And it's it's also like a, a portal. It's like makes ripples. So let us find peace within, let us radiating, radiate peace without and share peace with the world and transform this world like this. That's my words. Nice. Thank you so much, Elena. Beautiful awesome. words and thank you so much for your presentation today and everybody. It's just been such an amazing day. And we're still going around there, right? So no, no, we're, we've gone around. And so Laura, why don't you give us your your words for today? And then I'll close out with a poem and then we'll call it a day. Yeah, well, I mean, my final words is just the appreciation of everybody that shared today. And I mean, we're just powerful. We are artists and musicians of our reality. Uh, are we playing with an instrument that isn't tuned up? Or uh, are we painting? under somebody else's uh, influence. Uh, and if somebody spills on our canvas that we are consciously painting, does it become a failure? No, we turn it into something beautiful. We are fluid beings. We can influence our reality in every moment mm -hmm. on levels that uh, I feel the great awakening is gonna remind us of. I mean, to me, that is the great awakening. Sovereignty is recognizing 
our access to the creative imagination and how we can paint reality with the human vessel as a paintbrush in order to generate uh, a physical experience that um, is going to help to repair a lot of damage and a lot of trauma um, that we're witnessing. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. they got another thing coming. And the fact that they're amping it up right now, it's like, oh man, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember getting out of the Mars recruitment and stuff like that and all these different things. I was like, you know, you're creating a monster, not a, not a scary monster, but the more somebody tries to take away your authenticity and truth, if, if, it, if, it, if you really are aware of what that authenticity and truth is, they can't have it. When you're spiritually connected with yourself and you have experienced what your divine center is all about, nobody can take that away. And in fact, the more they try, the stronger and more illuminated those energies uh, become. We are not victims. Um, we are spiritual warriors. And uh, the more they try, man, <laughs> the less chances they have. And they really did never have a chance. So I'll leave it at that. And I'll see you guys tomorrow. My talk is, I believe it's at 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. Oh, it is uh, at two o'clock Pacific time. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So I just leave it at that. And thank you so much, you guys. Love you. Thank you. Thank Love you. Time. Love you. Bye, y'all. Right, everybody. So everybody tuning in on YouTube, if you want to join us for tomorrow, you can click the links in the description. It's also pinned. Um, go ahead and join. You get the replay for all day today, which was pretty epic. And then tomorrow we're going to go, um, we're going to share some more insight and love and upliftment because that's what I'm really grateful for from this conversation with all of you and just the whole day was it was just like a super uplifting event um, and we really stayed true to I feel to the name of the event you know just like all these tools and techniques of what we can really cultivate for ourselves um, so I really appreciate you all and also everybody on YouTube if you want to check out more of our content go ahead and subscribe and now I'm going to close out with a poem for today this one's called The Journey and then once this is over, we're out for the day. Love you all so much. The road goes on for generations. The travelers would disperse their light amongst all their willingly incarnated souls. But what if the ones who didn't know? Amnesia of the internal endowment to reserve a place in the fifth dimension for themselves. The ego took control in a better life they shall never know. I welcome you, dark one, to the lap of luxury, followed by pain and woes. We all sold our souls to the devil, but the devil exists not. Negative energy we dub as evil creates the demons of whom we are fearful. Take the D from the demon, put it in front of the word evil. Now you have a personified devil. Our thoughts and experiences create this creature, only exists in the mind. Our desires and wants create this full-featured ego that keeps our lower selves from reaching the divine. Intellect. Love and a perfect understanding we will have with one another. I welcome you, my brother, my sister, my lover, to become one, to help me become one, before reality tears me from duality and back in ether's imagination. You see, I'm the ghost of life's past. Generations have descended just to gain these experiences. And I pray the human situation is critical, mind analytical, won't let me forget the fall of angels and demons into this third dimensional world. Is this planet yours? May I hide amongst the lost souls? Hide out for a bit, drink some liquor, smoke some weed and step outside for a cigarette. Yeah, sure, here's a social security card, you may live. 
reincarnated to a kid to live and give back to the society when I'm locked in board as I smolder, but through the ashes comes a horde of abstract thought who is not a ghost, a spirit, but just is an enlightened individual. Equality minus the elitist political goal, the cynical flow, the pain and woes and shamanistic pagan rituals. We will resurrect the Messiah in all of us. It's time to trust our brothers and sisters. Unity of mind, consciousness, awareness on the rise. The yin yang intertwined, masculine, feminine lovers intertwined. Spit worse from the chakra points in my spine. Relentless by fine. Inner peace helps down the pace of my corrupted mind. Chemtrails, aspartame, fluoride kept my awareness fried. Getting drunk and high about the consequence of why am I really here? But now I know is to help humanity steer into the right direction. For every single one of you, I feel affection. We're in the same situation. So erase the awkward moments, trying to walk around and get that bonus. Remember the Arcturians will be one of the group of interdimensional beings in the near future through mass landings will help us those really So raise your frequency if this is what you wanna see. And don't try to break free from the shackles of captivity that we formed in our own mentality because you and I, we are, and we've always been free. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Neil. That was beautiful. You're phenomenal. Blessings, everybody.